Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachoki, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Jacob couldn't make it tonight, so it's just Tyler and I like old times. We will discuss Rudy Gobert and Kyle Kuzma's contract extensions, as well as the drama surrounding the Los Angeles Clippers as they get ready to face the defending NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers on opening night of the NBA regular season Tuesday night. We will also preview week 16 in the NFL as it is rivalry week between myself and Tyler with the Rams and Seahawks getting ready to face each other this weekend. All this and more on episode 174 of the TSK show coming up right now. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 174 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Our co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez, couldn't make it tonight, and it's been very apparent because I've been off to a hot start, jumbling all over my words uh, in this pre-recorded stuff uh, before the show, so that was multiple takes, but that's a little peek behind the curtain for you. Joining me as always, my co-host, my A1 since day one, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pachelke. Tyler, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm watching this Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game, and it is just... uh... It's a weird one. Yeah, it, that's definitely one way to put it. Uh, we will definitely get into what happened on Monday Night Football in a little bit. But first, we got some NBA hoops to talk about. And before we talk about that, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818 451 8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 02068311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? opening night for the NBA regular season and of course the Lakers are opening their season their title defense against the Clippers that is set for tomorrow night but before we talk about that I want to talk about a couple of players that got uh, contract extensions 
uh, recently over the past few days. The first one I want to talk about is, of course, the Stifle Tower, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. It was reported that Rudy Gobert will sign a five-year, $205 million contract extension with the Utah Jazz. It is the largest contract for a center in NBA history. Gobert is 28 years old and was eligible for the same exact Supermax extension worth $228 million uh, that Giannis Antetokounmpo signed with the Milwaukee Bucks. Gobert, however, decided he was not going to take this full Supermax and he was going to allow Utah to have some cap flexibility because he felt that it was... Basically, he wants Utah to keep building around him and Donovan Mitchell by him taking less money than the actual Supermax uh, than it was actually worth. Um, That gives Utah that cap flexibility. My opinion about this uh, contract extension, I'm very interested to see what happens in Utah. I was surprised that Gobert, not that he got an extension, he's it's well-deserved, he's uh, a back-to-back defensive player of the year. Uh, he Last year was the first year he didn't win it after winning it back-to-back years. Uh, and he's been the anchor of that defense, and really, besides Donovan Mitchell, he's their best player. So the max contract is warranted, but there's been long-standing rumors of tension between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, uh, especially after the whole situation where Gobert wasn't taking COVID-19 as serious as some people would have liked and ended up being the first uh, NBA player to publicly, uh, to be publicly announced as testing positive for COVID-19 back in March. And then Donovan Mitchell subsequently tested positive and the NBA season got shut down uh, because of that. And obviously the fact that Gobert took less than the full Supermax to allow the Jazz to have that cap flexibility, it, it says something about Gobert uh, as a person. Like, he, he's all about the team, and he, he's all about winning, and that's great. But I think that the future of the Utah Jazz will will not be with both Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, and I'm, I'm interested to see which one they, they ultimately choose because they're going to have to pay Donovan Mitchell when the time comes, Tyler. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. So, I mean – what do you think happens in Utah because uh, of this contract extension? Do you think Donovan Mitchell, when the time comes and, and an offer gets put on the table, he, he's going to say he wants out? Well, Donovan's tough, tough to predict because he could, he could be, he's in that weird position where he could, um, he could like join some other superstar somewhere, take less money than what Utah could give him. Right. You know, uh, it's similar to uh, uh, who just did that? Uh, Bogdanovich. So yeah, someone just took a bunch. Of, uh, someone just took less money uh, to go to a contender rather than stay and take the supermax with their team. Oh, um, um, not Bogdanovich. But, He's not a but, player, but yeah, oh, I, mean, I know who you're talking about, and it's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't think of it. I'll think of it once I stop thinking of it. <laughs> uh, so Donovan's obviously hard to um, to predict in that sense. Like he very well could just say, "I want to go," um, 
you know, join a super team. But I think Gobert did everything on his hand, and Utah's done everything on their end as far as, like, giving Donovan everything. The chemistry is obviously a question, but, you know, um, they've got a language barrier. They're an offense, and they're a defensive player, uh, and they're a good basketball team. So I think if they win games, the chemistry takes care of themselves. And I think if uh, Donovan and, and Gobert stay healthy, the Utah wins games. I think they're a really deep, you know, kind of well-rounded basketball team. Um, now, as far as Gobert, I think, you know, taking less money was is a big is a big deal because, you know, he is showing that he's selfless uh, to, to an extent and that he wants to be in Utah and thinks that they can build with him and Donovan or who else. Um, they can definitely afford Donovan and Gobert. Uh, I think Utah had to give um, Gobert that money. They're lucky that they didn't have to give him more. Yeah, I mean, maybe um, this is he, maybe he, this is the olive branch between yeah. Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. It, like Gobert showing that he took less for the team because he wants Donovan to get paid. Maybe maybe that's the olive branch that's needed to to mend that relationship. Especially if you have Utah make you know the run Denver did last year. You know, say they make a Western Conference Finals run. Um, that's going to, like, you know, if, if they play well in the playoffs, that's really going to help their cause to keep Donovan, keep Gobert. If they get Donovan and Gobert under under these Supermax five-year deals, uh, five-year extensions, then uh, Utah's set up as good as they've ever been, um, even with Stockton and Malone. I mean, I just think that that's – you have two building block players. Like I said, one's – one of the best defensive players in the league. You got him for five more years. Uh, big guys age a lot better than young guys. So uh, getting Gobert locked up till he's 33, you're going to get a lot of prime basketball years. Uh, I think Gobert is like a Dikembe Mutombo of this era. Um, and, you know, I really I, hats off to Gobert for taking less money. I, you know, Utah got really lucky in that sense. Without um, a doubt. So, yeah. So, all right, the next player that I wanted to talk about uh and he's close to home he's a Laker and he's the first Laker to get a rookie extension or to to receive his rookie extension in 12 years Andrew Bynum was the last Laker to receive his rookie extension and the player I'm talking about is is none other than Kyle Kuzma so Kyle Kuzma agreed to a contract extension with the Lakers it's uh, reported to be valued at three years, $40 million. It starts after this season. It allows him to become a free agent again at the age of 28. And Tyler, after some of the extensions that got doled out today by some teams, this deal is looking mighty fine. So I think this uh, this deal is a great deal for the Lakers. I think it's a great deal for Kuz. I think... Um, he probably could have gotten more money on the open market as a restricted free agent, but like Gobert showing uh, Utah that he is all about the team and took less money. The fact that Kuzma agreed to this extension, uh, it shows that he wants to be a part of the culture here in Los Angeles. He under, he understands that he's fighting for a role and he's fighting for minutes and he's, he's willing to do that. And listen, this is a big time raise for Kuzma being the 27th pick uh, in the draft to now being paid. I think it's like, I believe it's like 12 and a half, $13 million uh, annually per year over the course of this extension. 
So that's that's a big time raise for him, and he it's it's very well deserved given his uh, career trajectory of where he started uh, as an unknown guy going to Utah, late first round draft pick, uh, kind of diamond in the rough found by the Lakers scouting department, um, and the fact that he signed this extension uh, before the season, it allows Kuzma to play the season without any anxiety or stress that comes along with contract negotiations looming over a player's head. And like I said, at the end of the day, Kuz is going to be fighting for rotation minutes and he's going to have to prove his worth on the court. And if he's successful with the, with the Lakers, given the, the contracts extensions that were doled out by some other teams earlier today, like I said, the Lakers got him for a steal. And if not, this contract isn't awful to the point where it's untradeable. So I think this is a, a win-win scenario for the, for the Lakers and Kyle Kuzma. Uh, well, I mean, I think the Lakers got super lucky, just like Utah got super lucky. Uh, I mean, the Lakers fans and Lakers ownership and all that and teammates, everybody should be really happy that Kuzma uh, sacrificed this. Um now, obviously, he's he's taking care of. He's going to make a, a good amount of money. Um, he makes plenty of money forced. off the court, too. And he's going to – well, we're talking about NBA contracts here. I mean, lots of players do lots of things. Yeah. But as far as the salary cap goes, you know, because that's what's important here. You know, he took less so they can – he's going to be part of something special. You know that he you – know, you know, he's got two more years with Ant Brown, at least. And then after that, he's at least got a year with Ant. You know, yeah. So Cruz is Cruz is set up nicely um, to be part of something special, uh, and the Lakers got super lucky that he was willing um, to take less money because he for sure you can't compare him to other people's signings with with other teams' extensions because other teams don't have the same luxuries um, as the Lakers. I mean, Utah couldn't let Gobert go, and they got lucky he took less. The Lakers could have let. Kuzma walk. They don't need him. You know what I mean? They got lucky because they weren't going to be able to match what other teams were going to throw at him. Yeah, I, exactly. I, just, I, I don't believe that that, that would have happened. So they got really lucky that he sacrificed millions of dollars to be part of something special with the Lakers. Not every team has that. So I don't think it's a fair comparison. I think you got to compare them within the within the situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall Kuz did it. I think Kuz did a, a, a great a great job at managing his legacy. Um, the Lakers got really lucky that he, that's where he wanted to go. Um, and he's a solid, solid addition to pair with Ant. And then of course, Braun for these next couple of years. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's looked pretty good in the preseason so far. So I think he, Kuz has always been a rhythm player. So I think if he's out on the court and he's given the opportunity I think he's going to be making plays out there, man. He's he's proven that he can. I mean, I, I you know, I love Kuz. I, I've only talked well about him as an individual. The only thing, I've, the only issue I've ever had with him and, uh, and and this new look Laker team is that it's a tough fit being behind Braun and Ant, uh, playing him at the three, playing him at the four, uh, playing him with both those guys, or playing him with one of those guys uh, coming off the bench. You know, it's just but he gives them a lot of luxury. You know, yeah. um, if if Kuz, if if Braun wants to sit a night, 
Ant wants to sit a night, he can step in. Um, you know, if he has a hot hand, he can play with Braun and Ant. Uh, and that's so. Well, it's just the fact that it's such a luxury to have him. And if, like you said, like it's so tough to play behind LeBron and AD, no matter if you're trying to play Kuz at the three or the four or wherever, this contract to the point where when it comes to the money, it's it's pretty friendly that you can trade it and still get pretty decent, like a, a pretty decent get back for the value of who Kyle Kuzma is as a player and at the contract that he's on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I wish, I wish that, you know, it was a perfect world and he could go, you know, become the best individual player that he could be on, on another team and get a lot more usage. But at the same time, you know, especially when you're a Laker legacy is a big, big deal. And he's going to be, he's cementing his, his spot as a Laker now, you know, he'll be a Laker for seven years at the end of this. Um, so uh, he's going to be part of something special over, you know, maximum amount of money and maximum amount of kind of like individual success as far as like usage, you know, he could be, he could go and start somewhere easy and play 30 plus minutes a game somewhere uh, and get paid more. Yeah. Um, I think, but, but I think like you, like you're saying when it comes to, being a Laker and the legacy that comes with that and winning championships for the Lakers organization as a, as a Laker player, like that means something. And it's like, people want to be remembered for that. So, and and if you're, and if you're a Laker champion, you will always be remembered as such. And and I I think it's noteworthy that, you know, we've, I, I, you know, I think I just broke it down. He could go get more minutes and more money elsewhere, uh, but he chose kind of the legacy. And I think that that decision, you know, is made because of his personality and his history with, I think he's happy to be in the NBA. You know what I mean? He is, he wants to be the best basketball player he can. He didn't always think he was going to be an NBA player. I mean, I've heard in interviews him saying as a sophomore in college, he didn't think he was going to be an NBA player. Yeah. You know, maybe even as a junior in college, you didn't know he was going to be an NBA player. You know, he went to kind of an odd, a non-basketball school, I would say, as Utah. Um, he was a little older in the draft. It's just that he, he was a late first-round pick. He's kind of an enigma, um, not 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 the typical way of most, like, you know, rookie extension guys. So I think that that's, that's probably why he chose the way he chose because he's got a little different perspective than, say, Lonzo Ball, you know, or well, Brian and, Ingram. And there's a difference between being happy to be in the league and being satisfied with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, so there are guys that I think are happy to get there and then don't really put in the work because that was the goal was just to get there. But I think that he's not only is he happy to be there, he wants to prove that he belongs. 100%. He wants to, 100%. He wants to get better. He wants to be a part. Money is not necessarily um, the main motive. Individual success is obviously not even the main motive um, because he's he's coming off the bench for the Lakers. So, um, man, shouts to Kuz. You know, he really he really gave the the Lakers an early Christmas present, the yeah. late Hanukkah gift. <laughs> exactly, and he, and then, listen, he was a huge part of the championship team last year because when he was called on, he he made plays and he produced, and it might not have been on as a consistent basis as 
a lot of people would have liked during the regular season, but in the bubble and in the postseason, he stepped up and, and played solid defense and played quite a nice role off the bench when he played alongside Markeith Morris and, and some of the other bench units that the Lakers threw out there. So I'm, I'm really happy for Kuz that he's going to be sticking around for uh, a few more years, and it's going to be quite the ride that, that he is on and has been on for, for his young career. Now, just don't screw him over by trading him. I, I mean, hey, I, I want the Lakers to keep him, man. That you know, I, well, that's that's the thing. It's like he's only doing the Lakers a favor. Um, this is a cool business. He's so much. He's he's such a good trade piece right now. Yeah, um, that's kind of the cold side, uh, other side of the coin. But he's um, he said he said uh, I believe it was either earlier today or. Uh, yeah, it was probably today uh, for his media availability uh, because it's his first time talking to the media since the extension because it's Monday. Uh, it's the new week, but he's like numb to all the trade rumors because he's been a, a part of so many for his entire career that it's like he, he knows what's yeah, yeah. he knows it's a business. Yeah, I mean, those are the kind of things that I, you know, I love the Lakers, but those are the kind of things I hate about the Lakers. I mean, Powell got the same treatment. Everybody uh, got the same constant. treatment. Derek Fisher yeah, got traded. Well, yeah, but the, yeah, but I'm talking like more significant pieces. Derek you know? Fisher is just as significant a piece as Pau Gasol. Okay, that's a, that's an argument for another day. I'm just saying, as a you know, Tyler, it's it's tough. It's tough being a Laker. You know what I mean? It's tough. They could they could trade you at any time. You're always going to hear the rumors before the season starts and end at the trade deadline. Um, I just hope the Lakers don't trade Kuz. I and could, they, and they I ended couldn't up agree doing, more. They ended up, they ended up doing Powell right. You know. Yes, I, they did. Powell was, Powell, Powell was taking all. I just, I always, I always hated that Powell was in the middle of trade talks. Um, and I'll, I'll hate it if I hear Kuz is in it too. <laughs> I don't blame you. But all right, let's uh, let's talk about the other team in Los Angeles real quick because. They, the Lakers and Clippers are scheduled to face off uh, on opening night tomorrow night, and we'll talk. We'll talk about the game in a second, but I want to talk about <laughs> one of those other extensions uh, that got doled out, uh, like I was talking about, that makes Kuz's deal look uh, so so much better. the The Clippers agreed to a contract extension with Luke Kennard. It's uh, worth four years, sixty four million dollars. So now the Clippers are paying both Marcus Morris and Luke Kennard a combined $128 million over the next four years. And then, oh, by the way, uh, Tyler, did you hear that Kawhi Leonard also said today that even if he declines his upcoming player option, that uh, it doesn't mean he's staying or he's leaving? So uh, the Clippers' best player doesn't know what, uh, what to do. Uh, with his upcoming free agency. And Luke Kennard, who played 28 games last year, just got uh, paid $64 million today. And the Clippers are also paying the worst uh, the worst Morris brother uh, that same amount. So uh, I just I, I thought I'd throw a couple jabs in there. Well, again, you know, I don't like Luke Kennard in the slightest. But How did the they give him $64 million? How does Steve Ballmer keep thinking because, that money is going to solve their problems? Well, here's 
here's my trying to wrap my head around it. First of all, Steve Ballmer is the richest owner in the league. Uh, so cap is they have the, they have that cap space. They're gonna have they have two. They'll always be able to have two max guys uh, along with you know Canard shooting is. I hate Canard. I, it's it's hard for me to even spin this in a good way. He's a dookie. Uh, <laughs> but shooting shoot, shooting is extremely valuable in the NBA. And then with Morris brother, you need forwards. You need versatile defensive forwards. Those are also very valuable. So shooters and and, and versatile defenders match really well with uh, super max players, which with Ballmer, you're always going to have two kind of max deal guys on the team. Now they got PG-13 wrapped up. Uh, Pat Bev, Lou Will, uh, Reggie Jackson, I think Batum, uh, Zubak, all the Ibaka, all those guys are not part of the, the the future. Those guys are going to kind of age out. They got PG wrapped up. They've got a couple role players wrapped up. Now Kawhi is they have to take care of Kawhi. If they get if they get a, a whiff of idea that he's going to leave them, they got to trade him. And, and if they think that he he's going to stay which I hope he does, and I think he will because I think he wants to be in L.A., uh, and I think Paul George is about as good of a teammate as any, and maybe they can they can pitch to another uh, to some other people to make, you know, kind of either a big three or just get depth with, with more and more role players each year. So that's my way of trying to spin it in, in a good way for the Clippers. They're setting themselves up with role players to match with Supermax deals, guys. But Kawhi could fuck it all up. If they let Kawhi walk, and get nothing for him, um, then they're running the risk of not signing a max guy that year and being left with just Paul George, Morris, and Kennard. Whose fault is it going to be when Kawhi leaves? Pat Beverly's or Paul George's? Um, well, I mean, that's that's hard to say because <laughs> I, I think a... Paul George's – well, because I think Paul George is a really good basketball player. I, I don't think that – I think that he's gotten a lot of harsh criticism. I think people are. He are brought it on, on himself, Tyler. He brought it on himself. And that's fine. That's that's the deal when you're an NBA superstar. Um, you got to take you got to take those lumps because you get the praise when you do well. So I'm not trying to defend him at all. I think Paul George is going to have a comeback here, or that's what I expect for, from him. I think he's a high caliber player. He's got a new coach. Um, new attitude. Uh, hopefully, he comes back and kind of has a chip on his shoulder from losing it. You know, when they're up three-one. Uh, but so in that sense, I guess I got to go with Pat Bev. Maybe Kawhi doesn't like. <laughs> maybe Kawhi doesn't like the uh, the antics. But again, Pat Bev is not the reason why they're losing. You know, he's kind of a. I mean, a if he was a playmaking point guard, it'd be a little bit better for him. But that's not his. That's not what he does. So if you need if. If you think that the Clippers need a, a, a playmaking point guard, that's not on Pat Bev. You're asking him to do something he doesn't do. Yeah, no, you that's know? fair. I'm just, but I'm I'm saying that that's the and the Clippers' and, biggest flaws. They don't have a playmaking point guard, and they don't have a center. Well, and they've gone they've gotten away with Lou Will being a guy that finishes games coming off the bench, but but look at know, how Lou he performed Will in the only, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and he's only getting older now. I'm never going to count Lou out. I think Lou Will is still going to have a good season. But when we're talking Clippers with this team and Kawhi and Paul George, we're talking, are they title contenders? Because that's what this team was put together to do is beat the Lakers, get to the finals, you know? And like I said last week, beat the Lakers, win a championship, 
You know, that's what these go- the goals are for this team. And like I said last week, I don't think the Clippers are title contenders. I think they're pretenders because I don't think they can beat the Lakers. Well, and, and that's fine. I mean, because I don't think, I mean, most people could beat the Lakers. So in that, in that sense, nobody's really a threat. <laughs> you know, no one's a contender. Uh, but typically there's, you know, I think there's typically five, six, maybe a little more, maybe a little less true contenders that win a championship because, you know, it's a long season. Injuries happen. Uh, players have bad years. And this players year with COVID, years, it throws a know, whole other wrench into it. It's unpredictable. So, uh, you know, as far as I see, Clippers got two studs on their team. Um, that's, you know, two more than most. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. So, all right, let's let's talk about uh, the game tomorrow night, actually. And the Clippers are finally going to see what it's like to have a ring ceremony. And it's it's going to be weird not having a sold-out Staples Center crowd there for it. But I'm, I'm excited for the returning Lakers players to get their rings. Um, what are what are your thoughts about this uh, ring ceremony without the crowd? It's it's going to be weird for the players. I think it's going to be weird how it looks on TV. How do you think it's going to go? Uh, it's going to be weird. Obviously, it's it's going to be an adjustment, and it's going to just like all these kids that lost graduation and and high school football or whatever it may be. It sucks, man. I mean, it, it's not the full experience. Um, so those guys like KCP and Kuzma and Ant, who have never won it, you know, they're they're kind of getting gypped. You know, it's gonna it's not gonna be quite as good. Obviously, it's still gonna be a memorable experience. It's gonna be great, especially with the Clippers in the house, um, raising the banner with Braun there. It's gonna be it's gonna be great, you know, in that sense. But I think a little bit is taken out of it, and I also hope that. I just I, I, I gotta assume that the Lakers do something big, some sort of party when, when everything's back to normal. You oh, know? I, they gotta do a because, parade. Well, and, and maybe even something more than a parade. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, but they're gonna do something that encapsulates the ring ceremony, the parade, um, just just everything that those guys have got to, to miss out. Uh, you know, maybe bring a, a day where they bring back. Maybe they do it on All-Star Weekend when people have the time off. I don't know, you know, where they bring back all the dudes that they lost, you know, JaVale and Dwight and Rondo and those guys. So, Well, like, um, in 2009, yeah, in 2009 for the parade, instead of the parade ending at Staples Center, like in front of Staples Center, they had it end at the Coliseum, and then they just had people fill up the seats at the Coliseum, and they just put the Lakers court in the middle of the field at the Coliseum, and they did, like, a whole – presentation in the middle of the Coliseum and there was probably like 70,000 people in there. So I got to assume they do yeah, something at like SoFi maybe. Yeah. It's going to be stupid big, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's going to be dope. Um, so, so, you know, that's kind of my thoughts on it. You know, it's, it's going to be fun tomorrow night, um, but they are going to lose. They are missed out on a little bit, but I think ultimately it gets made up for in some sort of super party super parade type of scenario especially and maybe the dodgers are a part of it you know maybe they That'd do the cool. whole maybe the whole shebang shebang you know maybe la justin is the herbert's city of champions there. baby justin herbert's up there with his oh, stop it. Rookie get, out of here. Trophy, get out of here no and he kind of got all the big three you know anthony anthony the wrong ad aaron Darn aaron donald will be up there with his defensive player of the year award not justin herbert with his offensive rookie of the year award 
Oh, there you go. We can have both teams wrapped. <laughs> oh, man, Tyler. But, okay, real talk. Do you think the ring ceremony is going to have the Lakers come out lackadaisical? Because there's always that talk of whenever a team uh, comes out after winning the championship, it's their first game, they got like, their rings. Like Dallas. Dallas. Like Dallas in, t- Dallas in 2011. What was 2000? Dallas, D- Dallas came off that championship against the Heat. Oh, and just oh. Got to- I don't know why for some reason when you said Dallas, I immediately went Cowboys. When we're ta- and we're talking about uh, basketball. No, no, That's no. weird. Mavericks. Yeah. yeah. Mavericks. No, no. That, that, oh, my God. I think they lost by 40 that game. Yeah. So there's always that notion that, like, all right, it's ring night there's an, even a bigger target on our back tonight. So do you think that plays a part in it, or, or do you think the Lakers come out yeah, and take care I of think, business? Yeah, I think this, this game's like this, everything's going against the, the Lakers. Everything's kind of in favor of the Clippers. They have all the motivation to win. They've had a longer offseason, got to watch the ring ceremony. You know, they're going to have the chip on their shoulders, sour taste from the end of last year. They're playing big brother. They got all the motivation. The Lakers – really don't have any motivation. And typically, I think I would pick the Clippers. But I think that LeBron's tuned in. It's This is where I've been watching Last Dance again for like the fourth time, the fifth time. And I think that LeBron is in that mode right now. I think he really is. It's just he's so locked in on, a, a, you know, a, a back-to-back with the Lakers. I think he wants the three-peat. He's never done it. Well, of, of course, of course, he wants it, and so, you know, that gives him six. Like, you know who? Um, so, you know, I really do believe that this matchup, fifty years in a row, I'd pick the Clippers forty-nine times because I think they have all the motivation and the players to do it. But I, I think King James has got this team, this squad ready for war, and they're gonna they're gonna really fuck up the league this year. I know we talked about it uh, when it was announced uh, that the season was going to be starting so soon, but I really think that the fact that the Lakers had a shorter off season, I think it's actually going to benefit the team because they, they didn't have to ramp up. uh, Like there wasn't much of as much of a cool down period before the ramp up began for the season. You know what I'm saying? Like, LeBron has yeah. stayed pretty much close to game shape. I know he probably might not have touched a basketball, but he was still for sure working out and taking care of his body, knowing that the season was yeah. going to be yeah. right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, I think that the only if – if Ant and Braun are good, everyone's good because, you know, if you think about it, even like four four guys on the team, Gasol, Montrez, Schroeder and Wes Matthews, they all had longer off seasons than, you know, the Kuzas and the Ants. And the all Brock. these guys. So, so yeah, so a lot of these guys coming in have actually had longer off seasons than the Lakers organization. Uh, but like you said, man, Braun's just, it, he can, he can do it. I mean, I think he's still got the energy and still young. I think he's definitely got the energy to, to just run it back. They're going to keep some of that momentum, keep some of that energy keep some of that chemistry and you know we could be this could be a historic season for the lakers definitely and so on the other side what i'm really interested in seeing ty Lue came out uh the other day i think it was uh 
sometime late last week, uh, Ty Lue was quoted as saying that he's installed two or three sets that have Kawhi playing in similar spots uh, that Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan played in the triangle offense. And obviously Ty Lue, uh, the new head coach for the Los Angeles Clippers, he's no stranger to the triangle offense, having played with Kobe Bryant and the Lakers under Phil Jackson. And then he played with Michael Jordan on the Wizards. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Kawhi plays when the Clippers get into those sets. But like I was talking about before when we were talking about uh, the Clippers' flaws, I just I think that the fact that they don't have a true playmaking point guard that can set Kawhi and Paul George up, it's going to be tough for this Clippers team to keep up with the Lakers. And this this Lakers team, they're deep, man. They they can attack you so many different ways. And the the guys that you mentioned, like Trez and Marc Gasol and Schroeder and Wes Matthews, to go along with the one-two punch of LeBron James and Anthony Davis and then the other uh, returning Lakers like Mar- uh, Markeith Morris, Kyle Kuzma, Caruso, the emergence of Taylor Horton Tucker in the preseason who, I mean, we got to find this guy minutes in the rotation, Tyler. Like, he's looking yeah, kick good. Yeah, kick old ass, kick old ass Wesley, Wesley Matthews out of there. And <laughs> uh, who knows who he's going to kick out, man. But I'm, I'm interested to see what Kawhi looks like in, in those triangle sets and how – Ty Lue integrates that into the Clippers offense. What about you, Tyler? You know, I think that you're reading into this, you know, playmaking point guard thing a little too much. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's, it's the end all be all uh, because Kawhi and Paul George can do things with the ball in their hand. I mean, come on, Pat Bev can dribble the ball up right. and get it picked Kawhi in the high post. It's, a playmaking point guard opens things up for guys that are better off the ball, you know, maybe Clay Thompson's and, and, and or three and D guys or a big guy um, that can, you know that could be a high pick and roll scenario or just a, a, a penetrating dish scenario. But I don't really necessarily think that that's what the the Clippers need. The Clippers just need you know maybe some athleticism at point guard. Pat Bev and Lou Will are pretty. Um, they're kind of down the river a little we'll bit see, as like, far as the age goes. Like I feel like and Dennis Schroeder. I feel like Dennis Schroeder's like the perfect point guard for the Clippers, but haha, too bad he's with us. He is. He is because he bring energy, speed, um, youth. I think that's that's why I think Reggie Jackson really needs to play well. If you get anything out of Lou Will, like he has been in the past, you know, it's not, it doesn't even have to be twenty a game. You know, just sixteen, eighteen a game. Reggie Jackson plays well, and Pat Bev is a good defensive guy in the early parts of the halves, they've got to find enough rotation. It's just, is Paul George and Kawhi going to step up and be a dynamic duo where it really works out? Um, the triangle is great. It's, it's, it's too bad this team doesn't run the triangle offense. Some of the sets are going to be nice because I know it's going to put Kawhi and Paul George in a high post situation where they're going to be able to either score the rock uh, or get double teamed, and they're going to have great passing lanes. Yeah, and I mean, Kawhi, he flourishes in the mid-range. That's that's his game. Yeah, and that, and, and so it's it's going to be it's going to be a good look. I'm I'm assuming if if from what I know about the triangle, which you know I've studied the triangle, I was a fan of every single team Tech's winner Phil Jackson uh, were a part of. Uh, I've watched Michael and Kobe do their thing in the triangle for two decades. 
well, I can do a lot of those things, turn around jumpers, up fake jab step, one oh, dribble yeah. moves, uh, take a double team and kick to the open man. Um, that's why, you know, it's, it'd, it'd be cool. Like, I, I, it would be really dope to see the Clippers run the triangle offense. Now, that's a lot further away than sets because sets are kind of set up. You know, the offense uh, relies on, like, decision-making. Um, but it's going to be good. I, I'm a fan of the Clippers. I think they're about as good as they are last year. And You did not just say you're a fan of the Clippers. I am, of course I am. I, Boy, you always got, I always got some secret love for the Clips. And, and I think they're just as good as they are last year. Uh, they are not, if, Tyler. You know, they are not. If maybe, maybe it's a Cleveland Brown scenario. Maybe this year will be the year that they, they're the team you thought they were last year. I don't know, man. They're going to start out 0-1 tomorrow night, so it's it's not looking good to start. No, I think they do start 0-1, but the Lakers are tough. Yeah. All right, one last thing about the Clippers uh, be, uh, before we get to football. Uh, we'll talk about this real quick because the, the Clippers do find themselves in some hot water with the league regarding their recruitment and signing of Kawhi Leonard last offseason. Uh, the team confirmed last week that the NBA is investigating allegations made against the Los Angeles Clippers and team consultant Jerry West. Uh, the allegations were made by a name uh, made by a guy named Johnny Wilkes. Uh, he's someone who claims to be a close to Kawhi Leonard and best friends with Kawhi's uncle Dennis Robertson. Uh, he's actually filed a lawsuit in L.A. County Superior Court against Jerry West and the Clippers. He alleges that the team uh, consultant, Jerry West, uh, owes Johnny Wilkes $2.5 million uh, after an oral agreement was made between Jerry and Johnny uh, for helping the Clippers sign Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Wilkes leaked a TMZ voicemail, or leaked to TMZ a voicemail that Jerry West allegedly left for him where Jerry called the Lakers a quote shit show. And why would Kawhi want to go play behind LeBron uh, as well as thanking Wilkes for everything he did to help get Kawhi on board. And in the voicemail West even offered uh, to take Wilkes out to dinner as a thank you. So the Clippers find themselves in hot water over this uh, obviously because they're uh, being accused of tampering, uh, which is uh, against the rules in the NBA. And it's going to be interesting to see what the league does to the Clippers. I'm assuming uh, if they do find that the Clippers did something wrong, it's going to be a monetary fine. And maybe if the league wants to come down hard on the Clippers, they might lose some draft picks. But at the end of the day, ultimately, teams tamper all the time and I honestly don't care about tampering. It's it's going to happen. I don't think the league should do anything about tampering in general because players can do it with no repercussions at all. Uh, we've seen how these super teams have been built uh, during this player empowerment era, and I have complete 100% support for the players wanting to play wherever they want to play. They have a right to work wherever they want to work, but... I think the big thing that Lakers fans were upset about with this, aside from the fact that the Clippers being accused of tampering and they can make all the jokes about that, but 
it was pretty disappointing to hear Jerry West uh, say that the Lakers were a shit show. I think for most Lakers fans, and they, they were pretty outspoken on Twitter. But ultimately, in my opinion, I think that he was just trying to do his job as a team employee of the, the Clippers. He's trying to recruit a player to come play for them, and he's got to do everything he can. Um, but it's – I don't think it's really a big deal. Jerry West is always going to hold a special place in my heart uh, as a Laker. I, I mean, yeah, he works for the Clippers now, but that's – that's just the job. He he's a Laker at heart, but I just I just find it funny that Steve Ballmer thinks he can just throw money around and it will fix the perpetual problems that the Clippers always face, and that just isn't isn't the case. So Tyler, doesn't hurt. it doesn't hurt, but it's not gonna it's not gonna help. I don't think they they got to do it that way. You know, it's it's tough to do it through the draft. They blew it with with Blake Griffin. Um, but yeah, I mean the yeah the the I, I'm with you. I don't really think tampering's a big deal. Uh, I mean, come on, we saw the movies Blue Chip. He got game. Those came out in the '90s. You know, we know we know the dark side of kind of the industry with you know basketball in general, high level basketball. Um, so I just kind of assume that kind of shit's going on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm with the I'm, I'm with you where it's really not a big deal, and also it's like you know. Jerry West may have a sour taste in his mouth. I mean, he doesn't really get mentioned too much uh, when Laker greats get mentioned. Well, and uh, the way he, he, he left the organization, and the way he left the organization, it it wasn't on the best of terms. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, one, I wasn't alive for his playing career, so I just I know him by like well, through yeah, legend. Like, but I mean, I'm. What, what were you going to say? Like Braun, well, it's just like Braun and Ant have already surpassed him in the Laker. Well, they've won like, as many legacy, championships like, as, champ- as Lakers, but they're and also. Well, so that so that attitude, you know, is probably he knows that people have that attitude that what he did didn't really mean anything because. Well, the problem is, his, shift, so the problem is his finals you, record is one and nine. You know, yeah, exactly. So you don't appreciate him. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't say I didn't appreciate him. I said I didn't care well, what just, he said. You you appreciate him as like ninth or tenth Laker maybe. If I'm putting him if if I'm doing my all time Lakers, he's so you guys, he's three. The man was the man is the logo. Tyler, you know, if I'm ranking all time Lakers, all, it goes Kobe, Magic, Jerry. There's no way that you rank Jerry West over Shaq, Kareem, Ant, Braun. All those guys are getting ranked above. Jerry West as a Laker as a Laker everything that encompasses as a Laker I've already seen Braun arguments as like where's Braun rank those are Braun fans Tyler and Braun haters but I'm just saying it's it's these are what I think Jerry's feeling I'm sure but I'm telling you me personally you know Kobe and Shaq always get mentioned fucking Kobe and Powell always get mentioned uh Obviously, the the magic and creep always get mentioned above him, and now this broad and anti team will probably be mentioned above him. It's like when he walked away, he was the man at what he did. You know, he's the fucking logo. So I think that that's where the animosity comes from. I guess I know that you may have more respect for him than the average Laker fan, but I think that that's where that's how he feels. Yeah, for sure, and that and that totally makes sense, and. 
And like I said, the way he left the organization, it it wasn't on the best terms. He didn't leave on the best terms with Jerry Buss because it was always a, a power struggle between Jerry, Dr. Buss, and Phil Jackson. So it's 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 been quite the history that Jerry West has with the Lakers. But it's it's just, I mean, the Clippers finding themselves in hot water, them making the moves that they made this offseason, it's just all, there's no other way to put it than it's the Clippers. He just, he just got caught. Exactly. That's all That's all that happened. It's Belichick, you know, it's, it's Sean Payton. It's, I just think, you know, uh, in pro sports, this shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everywhere yeah but all right let's uh let's transition now to some football because there are only two weeks left in the nfl regular season i'm just about that action boss you play to win the game hello you play to win the game that's why we took the damn field i'm just here so i won't get fired great cash homie but they are who we thought they were and we let them off the hook that's as good an effort as i've ever seen in my life from a running back All right, there are two weeks left in the NFL regular season, but there is only one week left in the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. Tyler, did you end up advancing to the championship game? I'm in the championship game. Yes, let's go. So who are you facing? Yep. I got I got old Jordan. Oh, the old, the old classic Jordan. So uh, this will be our third time playing this year. So he was one of the two teams that I played twice this season. So you've played him twice in the TSK show fantasy football league. And then you're also in his fantasy football league where you played him in the playoffs three. of his league. I pl- and I played him three total times. Jesus. Yeah. So this will be my sixth meeting with Jordan Carlson and fancy football this year. Second playoff matchup. Wow. Have you beaten him all, yeah. all five previous times? No, no. He be, he just, he beat me in this playoff. Ma- I, so I'll be playing Jordan two weeks in a row in the playoffs. So I played him last week in the semifinals and then I played him this week in the championship. Wow. All um, right. So he, he, I'm pretty sure that uh, in his league, I was one and two. Um, in my league, I'm two and zero against him. So right now, I'm sitting three and two. Although he got the important one on me in his league, hopefully I can uh, bring it home. But I can't. I can't. Um, I gotta take the words out of uh, from the from the great bean. You know, job's not done. Yes, sir. Job's yes, not, sir. Job's not finished. So I can't. I can't feel good about it, especially with fancy football being such a a crapshoot. But you you had a stress free night tonight. Uh, on Monday Night Football, so I'm sure that felt good uh, getting the W secured yesterday uh, heading into tonight so you didn't have to worry about it. Yep, yep, I'm all I'm all geared up for, for the championship, ready to go. All right, so uh, we will let you guys know next week what happens in the finale 
of season three of the TSK show fantasy football league. Now, before we get into the power rankings, I have to tell you about fitness ablaze training center located in Olympia, Washington fitness ablaze training center provides clients with professionally designed fitness and or nutrition programs. They have programs for all ages, athletic ability, and for anyone interested in improving their overall performance and quality of life. Program options include personal training, semi-private personal training, team and group training, nutrition coaching, and online slash remote coaching. TSK Show listeners can get either a seven-day free trial or 30% off your first month of training just by mentioning TSK Show. Enter promo code TSK Show at fitnessablaze.com to get either a seven-day free trial or 30% off your first month of training. That's promo code TSK Show at checkout from fitnessablaze.com. All right, Tyler. We got this one, and then one more. What is your penultimate TSK show fantasy – or not fantasy football, your TSK show power rankings? Excuse me. Man, you know, like I say every week, it just gets so tough this time of year. There's a, such small amount of separation between the teams, you know. Uh, you could really just mix them up anyway. But uh, I tried to organize them and as far as the Super Bowl threat goes. Um, so – I'm going to start out at number 10 with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Tennessee is 10-4 and four on a two-game win streak. Uh, they're, they're obviously a really good football team. I love this statement when they had against Baltimore four weeks ago, um, just coming in there being disrespectful and, and kind of nasty style of football. Derrick Henry is, is an MVP candidate. I think he truly deserves to at least be a candidate. Um, but they're – they're just not are, – are, are, can they beat the, the Kansas Cities, the Buffaloes, the Pittsburghs um, of the world? I don't think they can. Um, I got them just at the top ten, barely in there. Uh, finally, I feel finally good enough to where I can put my guys, the Cleveland Browns, in the top ten. Uh, they come in at number nine, ten and four, coming off the win um, – Coming off the win against the Giants, uh, you know, a win they a win they needed to get. But Baker, I truly think, is in a rhythm. That defense is solid. Miles Garrett's the one to watch out for after coming after COVID. He's had a lot of breathing struggles. Actually, uh, they really need him on the edge uh, to make a Super Bowl run. But right now, Baker and that offense dangerous. Um, I wouldn't want to play them in the AFC playoffs. At, coming at number eight. I got their division foe, who's actually a game behind them, but I really think that they're just a, a better football team than the Baltimore Ravens. I've, I've kind of stuck with my guns with the Ravens and kept them in the top ten all year, even when they were six and five, uh, just because Lamar Jackson and, and, and Harbaugh, that defense, I just believe once they put it together, they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, now they're nine and five. I think that they're a lock for the playoffs. Um, and they're turning upwards in the right right time. They're on three-game win streak. Then I got uh, number seven, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at nine and five, coming off the win against Atlanta. Um, Tampa Bay's story has kind of just been uh, the, the ups and downs of, of finding out who they are as a football team. So many new pieces like we always talk about. Um, but because they have Tom Brady and all of those weapons, they are obviously a Super Bowl threat in my mind. Um, at nine and five, I got them as the seventh best team. Coming at number six, I got a team that is just kind of willing out of control right now. Um, that's Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're officially eleven and three, losing tonight to Cincinnati. 
they are on a three-game losing streak after going 11-0. and um, I think that there's been a clear kind of formula on how to beat them uh, that, you know, get to Ben, make it hard on those quick throws, get your hands up on the defensive line, pressure. Um, they, they are a short passing team. They're basically a one-dimensional team. And I think those last three games have really exposed the fact that they don't do much outside of the short, quick pass attack. Uh, coming at number five, we've got another team that's on a couple-game losing streak um, is the New Orleans Saints. They're 10-4. They just came off a loss to Kansas City. Uh, but that's a, that's the second game in a row. This one with Breeze. They're not going to have Michael Thomas for the rest of the year. So New Orleans is still definitely a threat for the Super Bowl. But with Breeze being kind of like, you know, it was his first game back. He's on the field, so he makes them a top-five team. But without Michael Thomas, they lose a little bit. Um, and they're on a two-game losing streak. So right now I got him as a top-five team. But if Breeze gets hit hard, similar to Pittsburgh, he could possibly get knocked out of the game. Uh, and it changes their, their odds, I think. And then coming at number four, I got the Seattle Seahawks at 10-4. Um, yeah, they've won yeah, two games yeah, in a row. Yeah, yeah. I think that the <laughs> Seahawks are – it's all clicking at the right time right now. Um, I think that, you know, as a Seahawks fan, I could dive deep into all the good things that are happening right now, all the details. But we're getting guys back. We're getting healthy at the right time. Um, we've, got, we've, got a, uh, we've got a Pro Bowl quarterback. We've got a Pro Bowl middle linebacker. And we've got two Pro Bowl special teamers. I think we're, we're looking good on, in every aspect of the game. We've kind of tightened up all the things that were worrisome. Russell Wilson is never going to be a worry. So that, that was never a problem. It still isn't. So I got Seattle's number four, and I think Seattle truly is the best matchup for Green Bay, um, who I believe is going to win the NFC. Coming in at number three, I got Buffalo, 11-3. This is one of the hottest, uh, most dangerous football teams in the NFL right now, Buffalo Bills, 11-3, four-game win streak. Um, they get, they, they're balanced on offense have a, a tremendous defense and Josh Allen is just playing like an elite quarterback. He's having a career here. So uh, I got Buffalo as a real, real threat. And I think they have the best build to beat Kansas city because of their defense and their ability to take, take care of the football and offense. And then coming at number two, I got green Bay. I think that they're going to end up being the NFC champs. They're 11 and three. Also four game win streak. Rogers, I think is the MVP at this point. Um, and, and I don't think they're going to lose the game for the rest of the season. And then we got, of course, at number one, Kansas City, nine-game win streak, just beat New Orleans with Breeze, uh, 13-1. What can you say? Not much, man. I mean, they're just – they are something else. Uh, obviously, I had the, the, the Rams were not on there this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, know. We don't have to talk about that. All right. There it is. So coming at number one, I got Kansas City. Then it's Green Bay, Buffalo, Seattle, New Orleans. Then Pittsburgh, Tampa, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee. All right. Uh, so how did you do in your picks uh, last week for week 15? So I ended up going 12-4 and four Okay. Week. All right. Uh, what's your overall record? Not too bad. 148-76. Okay. And then I went 10-6 and six last week, and I'm – Overall, 151 and 73. So uh, I forgot to get Jacobs because uh, he's not here. 
but uh, we will update you on his standing next week. But all right, let's get into the picks of the week before we get out of here. We got uh, Thursday night, uh, a matchup between the 6-8 and eight Minnesota Vikings and the number five team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the New Orleans Saints. They, uh, the Saints are 10-4. and four. The, the Vikings, they lost to Chicago by six. And then the Saints, like Tyler said, they're coming off a loss to Kansas City by three. But Drew Brees did return. Jameis Winston is on the COVID list or was on the COVID list for the game. So uh, it was just Breeze and Taysom Hill as the quarterbacks. And uh, they put Michael Thomas on IR. But with all that being said, I still think the Saints are a better team. They are on the hunt for the playoffs. They're still trying to secure that NFC South because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are knocking on their doorstep. So they got to get the job done. I think they do against Minnesota, a, a lesser opponent, even though Minnesota, they're still in the hunt for uh, potentially a wild card uh, position, depending on how uh, their division shakes out. Uh, but I got the New Orleans Saints winning. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I got the Saints winning as well. Uh, I think the Saints are going to win out their last couple games. And yeah. they, have the tie, they have the tiebreaker over Tampa, and they've got one game lead. So ultimately, I think uh, New Orleans gets the, the NFC South this year. All right. The next matchup we got is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Detroit to take on the Lions. The Buccaneers, they are 9-5. and five. The Lions, they are 5-9. and nine. Tampa Bay, they came back against Atlanta to win 31-27. to 27. I'm pretty sure Atlanta was up, I believe, 17 to nothing at one point, and then it was 24 to 7. And then Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay, obviously led by Tom Brady, uh, he led the comeback to win it for the Buccaneers. And then the Detroit Lions, they lost to the Titans by 21. Uh, the Lions, they've had an up and down year. Obviously, they fired their head coach, their GM. So uh, I think this is a pretty easy win on the road for Tampa Bay. What about you, Tyler? And Oh, and this game is on Saturday. There are three three Saturday games this week. Yeah, it's going to be sick. Yeah, it's going to be sick. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I, I also got Tampa Bay winning, and uh, I also think that Tampa Bay, sorry, Sklar, more bad news for Rams, but I also think Tampa Bay is going to win that lucky uh, wild card spot that plays the NFC East in the first round, right. whereas New Orleans, New Orleans is going to be stuck playing either Arizona for the most likely Arizona, maybe Chicago. I'd rather play Washington than Chicago or Arizona for sure. Yeah, and I, I wanted to to get to that little caveat when we talked about the the Rams and Seahawks because obviously it is rivalry week here on the TSK show, the Rams and Seahawks play, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit because there is a potential that the Rams and Seahawks, this might not be the, the final game of the year between these two. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the playoff scenario in the NFC shakes out, but we both got the Buccaneers in that morning Saturday game. The afternoon game, Tyler, is the other two teams in the NFC West. It is the San Francisco 49ers at 5-9. and nine. They're going to Arizona. Well, they're not going to Arizona. They're staying in Arizona because uh, I keep forgetting Santa Clara County won't let the San Francisco 49ers play at their home stadium. So the Niners uh, have play, have decided to play the rest of their season uh, at or their home games in Arizona, at least. 
but so they're taking on the Cardinals in Arizona, who is eight and six. The the Niners they lost to the Cowboys uh, over the weekend or yesterday actually forty one to thirty three, and then the Cardinals in the Battle of the Birds they beat the Eagles thirty three twenty six. It was a it was a sloppy game, uh, I think between the Eagles and the Cardinals, but ultimately uh, Arizona was able to get the job done. Uh, I got Arizona beating San Francisco because they are uh, in the playoff hunt. They need to get this victory. Uh, like Tyler was saying, they they have a potential to sneak in to the wild card scenario. Uh, so I, I got them winning this game. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I got Arizona winning, and that's going to make it real interesting for uh, for the Rams um, and Seattle, of course. But uh, San Francisco could definitely be like kind of the, the you know spoil their party. Yeah, if um, San Francisco we, wins this we, game, that's good for the Rams. And I think San Francisco comes out and tries to win this game. They have to. I don't think that they're not looking at like they're not looking at a top like three or five pick. You know, they've won too many games already. Yeah. So um, I think Arizona wins up. Yeah. All right. The Saturday night game is the Miami Dolphins traveling to Sin City to take on the seven and seven. Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, we're only missing one seven, Tyler, and it would have been a, a jackpot. Um, the Dolphins, they are nine and five. The Raiders, like I said, seven and seven. The Dolphins, they beat the Patriots by 10, 22 to 12 yesterday. And then the Raiders, they lost to the Chargers in overtime on a game winning touchdown by Justin Herbert on Thursday night football. Uh, and unfortunately, I got the Raiders losing two games in a row at home. I just, I think the Dolphins. Uh, getting that win over the Patriots is a huge confidence boost, especially with how their season has been going. They they are all in on Tua, clearly, uh, and he's looked really good uh, so far this season. So I got Miami winning this game. What about you, Tyler? Do we know if Derek Carr's playing? Oh, I don't know. I've, I forgot that he uh, hurt it. I, it looked like his groin uh, on Thursday night, um, but I, yeah. I'm not sure of his status. Hold on, let me double check. Well, I think that uh, you know, I think that he's a big factor. This 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 Raiders team is right on the edge of making the playoffs, um, just like Miami. So uh, I think that the Raiders are better, well, more coached. Um, but Miami is obviously the hotter team right now, the better team right now. So I think Miami's going to win because I think Derek. God, I almost called him David. Uh, Derek Carr, uh, I think Derek Carr is probably going to play, even if he doesn't. Um, if he doesn't, he, uh, they're definitely not going to win. If Carr plays, they could win. But ultimately, I'm going with Miami in this one. So the Las Vegas Review-Journal headline says, Derek Carr expected to make a big push to play on Saturday. So he wants to play. It's it's ultimately sure. going to come down to if the team lets him. Yeah. So, I mean, I really do think that this is a really good game. This is one of the uh, three or four games that's really hard to call for me. I uh, went back and forth, but as of right now, I'm going with Miami. All right. I also have the Dol- Dolphins. I almost called them the Daltons. I don't know why <laughs> Andy Dalton doesn't even play for them. But, all right. Uh, Sunday, we got the Atlanta Falcons at 4-10. and They're going to Kansas City to take on the 13-1 and Kansas City Chiefs. The Falcons, they lost to Tampa Bay 
on Sunday, uh, like I said, they were up, I believe, 17 to nothing at one point, and, and they ultimately lost it because, of course, they are the Atlanta Falcons, and they were up a significant amount against a Tom Brady-led team, and we all know how that ends. So uh, Tampa Bay won. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they beat the Saints 32-29. to Like Tyler said, they're on a nine-game winning streak, and uh, I think it goes to 10, Tyler. What about you? goes to 10 pretty easily. Yeah, this is uh this is going to be a cakewalk. No. Yep. Yeah. All right, the next game we got is uh one of Tyler's favorite teams and he finally found a way to put them in the, the power rankings and I I believe it was at the expense of my Los Angeles Rams. Uh it's the Cleveland Browns, the number 9 team in the TSK show power rankings who are 10 and 4. They're going to take on the Jets, who are one and thirteen. Um, the Browns they beat the New York Giants on Sunday Night Football, and then the Jets uh, they got their first win of the year over the Rams. And uh, man, uh, I, uh, Tyler, I'm, I was going to say no, the, when I for well, when we talk about the Rams, no, but Tyler, yeah, I fucking no, yeah, told well, you. I told you no, it was a trap game. Get, I told you. Was, and you know what's funny is it ended up really, it really ended up being a trap game for the <laughs> Jets. I mean, really, they got trapped into winning that game, which is just the opposite of what they needed to do. Uh, I mean, both teams, both teams, that was, that's worse than a tie, that game. I mean, it's literally worse than a tie. Un. Believable, unbelievable, unbelievable, Unbe- unbelievable. And, um, and, a, ga- a game I'll always remember. And full disclosure, we we watched that game together, and I mean, what did what was I looking like during that entire? I game? mean, I tried. <laughs> I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you the entire game in your ear. I was telling you they're going to try to lose this. They're going to lose this. I I just didn't believe it until the very end. Um, and when once um, uh, I forget his first name, but May, once he broke up that pass at the at the very end of the game. Oh, when Sean uh, McVay like, decided my... to go on fourth and four, uh, with a uh, or I think it was third and four or fourth and four with a with a deep ball to the end zone when he he should have gone with a run. Uh, McVay didn't make the decision to throw it, so I'll just put that out there. Um, uh, hey, you don't got to you don't got to tell me twice of, to, to blame Jared Goff. Yeah, well, we'll get we'll get to this more when we um, talk about Jets the Rams. Yeah, yeah, Jets blew we'll, it Jet, on the on the Jets side. They blew it. Um, they've got to hope that Jacksonville finds a way to win a game. Um, if not, they blew it. Uh, one of the one of the worst loss, one of the worst wins ever. Um, so I I definitely got Cleveland going in there. Yeah. And getting the getting the dub and and securing a playoff victory for the first time since two thousand three. A, a playoff berth, not a victory. They, they, a playoff. They haven't playoff. won yet in the playoffs. You're true. Um, but yeah, no, I, I got Cleveland as well. The next game we got is the Indianapolis Colts at ten and four. They're going to Pittsburgh to take on the number six team in the TSK show power rankings, the eleven and three Pittsburgh Steelers. Indianapolis, they beat the Texans by a touchdown yesterday. And then Pittsburgh, uh, just about an hour ago, um, 
in the middle of us recording that the Monday night football game went final. Pittsburgh lost their third game in a row to the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, it's not their third game against Cincinnati, but they lost their third game in a row. It was against the Cincinnati Bengals. They lost 27 to 17. They were down 17 to nothing at one point, Tyler. And I know you got to watch the majority of that game. And uh, so we'll get your thoughts in a second of what Pittsburgh looked like. But I just got to say, Juju, before the game, there was a video that came out of him dancing midfield pregame on the B, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals B at midfield. And then in one of the first drives that Pittsburgh had, he got rocked and, and fumbled the ball. So clearly Cincinnati's defense took notice uh, of what happened and, and made sure to deliver a message. I'm surprised that more teams have not even pregame. I mean, who knows if, if any of the other Bengals were out there when he danced at midfield, but I just, I don't know how someone hasn't put a stop to the, to him. Like that's disrespectful. That's a fade on sight. If I'm the opposing player, like that's, I, I don't know how Juju has gotten away with it so many times. And the one player that I know that stopped him from doing it is, hey, his, is his former USC teammate, Antoine Tuaka Woods, uh, Taft high school legend in Southern California, Los Angeles, uh, legend Twaka Woods uh, from the Dallas Cowboys uh, when Juju scored a touchdown in, in Dallas he tried to go to the star but Twaka kind of blocked his way and kind of ran with him so he wouldn't go there so I just I don't know how more guys aren't getting pissed off at Juju and, and doing something about it they're winning you know no but I'm talking about opposing yeah. players like Cincinnati was able to get a lick on him in the game which is which is well, good, that, but that's how you handle it. I mean, they're they're handling it the right way. It's to play physical with them. Yeah, you know, don't 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 let show them what you're going to do if he's going to do that. Yeah, that's a good point. The only way that's that's the only way you can respond. Uh, and Juju is going to keep doing it, and players are going to keep trying to get shots on him. Yeah, but so I mean, this is what star wide receivers do. You know, what I mean? oh for sure. I mean, I mean, we could go through. Throughout history, I mean, Ocho Cinco, T.L., Randy Moss, uh, they, they were all exuberant electric characters. Yeah, characters is the right word. I mean, wide receivers are just some of the biggest personalities in oh, the NFL. Oh, yeah, pers- yeah, personalities. And, is- and, 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 they keep, and they keep it, you know, they keep it competitive and they keep it cool. So, I mean, I'm down with it because, you know, I'm down with them dancing. I'm down with them getting lit up. Yeah. Everything ball don't lie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but this this is the hardest game to call. I, I mean, it was easy for me. I mean, Pittsburgh losing three in a row. The, you said it in, in the power rankings on why they're they're six, but still in it. I mean, there's a formula on how to beat them, and Indianapolis's defense is stifling. So I got Indianapolis winning this game on defense alone. I think they're going to get after Ben, and they're going to get after him quick. You know, I think I'm with you on this one. Um, you know, I always want to kind of ride with the vets, ride with the established programs, the established franchises to kind of face adversity and beat it. Um, but in the NFL, typically, if you go sour and you, you really, like, figured out um, – it goes it goes bad real quick, and it's tough to change who you are at this point in the season. 
Um, so I think I think the, the lose is going to continue for Pittsburgh. They're going to drop four in a row, um, and, and and India is going to get their eleventh win, and they're the next team I got to figure out how to get in the top ten. Yeah, they've 100%. been in it. They've they've actually been in it um, this season before. Uh, unlike the Browns, that was their first appearance, but um, Indy, you know, is is right there with with Los Angeles, and you know in that scenario yeah right on the cusp uh hey breaking news on espn adam silver acknowledges possibility to expand nba to seattle wait seriously yep league hasn't added a new team since charlotte in 2002 first season was 2004 um yeah so I have the. I obviously have my TV on view. I'm not listening. Uh, oh, you saw that I'm on the TV? TV? I'm like checking my phone and checking Twitter. Like, where's this notification at? Like, but okay, all right. So they're talking about it on TV. That's cool. That's right, awesome. Rachel, yeah, Rachel, Rachel Nichols, ESPN, right now. Uh, I'm sure he just had some sort of offhand comment, maybe just to appease people. But I like it. Yeah, I mean, hey, anytime we can get Seattle basketball news, that's that's a good thing. Um. But yeah, dude, I got. Uh, um, I guess we we're we we're at. What we were talking about the Colts. Yeah, we got. We both got like, the Colts in this one. I like the Colts. All right. The next matchup we got is the Carolina Panthers at four and ten. They're going to Washington D.C. to take on the Washington Football Team, who is six and eight. Uh, Carolina, they lost to Green Bay. Uh, Teddy fumbled the ball on the goal line on a quarterback sneak. He kind of got the ball just slapped right out of his hands and. Green Bay uh, was able to recover it, and that basically ended the game. And then Washington, they lost to Seattle by five. Um, and we'll we'll talk more about it uh, when we talk about the Seahawks. But I was surprised at how close of a game that was. But uh, I'm sure, Tyler, you're going to chalk it up to the Seahawks being on the road on the East Coast for an early morning game and <laughs> all of that. So no, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, I'm going to give more credit to D.C., less credit to Seattle. Okay, all right, that's fair. But uh, speaking of giving credit to, to D.C., I think they win this football game against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so Yeah, you know – oh, sorry. No, 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 off. go for it, go for it. You know, I think that, I think that this is a really – this is a um, – D.C. is in the driver's seat to get the uh, the playoff spot. Yep. Uh, you know, I think that they have just as much of a chance as any of those four teams, but they have their hands on the wheel right now. They control their destiny. They're a game ahead of everybody. Uh, but they, you know, they, Carolina could definitely beat this team. But where I think that DC, I think Ron Rivera and, and his kind of like revenge game scenario. Oh yeah, that a hundred percent. Ron Rivera revenge game, and just the fact that Washington they have something to play for this year. They're still trying to get into the playoffs. Carolina's season, that's that's a wrap. It's it's done. So it's just it's just, you know, when you watch Carolina, they're still competing. Teddy Bridgewater's still trying to play for his job. Right. And I, uh, Mike, I get that. I'm not Mike saying Davis that, is playing for, I'm but, not saying you know, Carolina's gonna roll over, but I mean there's a little added extra Mike motivation for, for Washington. There is, but I think that they could def they're you know, not a good enough football team to like, you know, just be like a for sure win. You know, DC has still got a lot of holes as a football team, uh, but I do think they're going to win this game. I do think Rod Rivera's going to get them ready to win this game. Yep. 
All right, the next matchup is the 7-7 seven and seven Chicago Bears. They're going down to Jacksonville to take on the 1-13 and 13 Jaguars. Chicago, they got a huge win over the Minnesota Vikings. That's two wins in a row for Chicago after losing six in a row before that. And then Jacksonville, they got blown out by the Baltimore Ravens, 41-14. to 14. I got Chicago winning this game and going to 8-7, and seven, man. It's it's crazy to say that, but yeah. when you're going up against Jacksonville, who's trying to lose, especially now that the Jets have a a win, yeah, like Chicago's yeah. going to win this yeah. game. Yes, Jacksonville's got to lose this game. Uh, Chicago, I think, does win the game. All right, the next matchup is the New York Giants coming in at five and nine. They lost to Cleveland on Sunday Night Football. They're going to Baltimore to take on Cleveland's divisional rival, the Ravens the number eight team in the TSK show power rankings who are nine and five. They blew out Jacksonville. Like I just said, 41 to 14 Lamar had a hell of a game against Jacksonville. And uh, I think that Baltimore continues the momentum and, and they beat the giants, which is going to bode well for the Washington football team as well. This is going to be a much better football game than it looks because oh, both yeah. teams are, so desperate for this win right here yeah but this is you a must-win game for Bal- both teams yeah i mean baltimore and new york are both third place right now in their division and are both still eligible for the playoffs so uh it's going to be a really competitive game but baltimore is a better football team uh so i got baltimore winning the game yeah i, I have baltimore winning the game too but if you're the giants tyler do you go with Daniel Jones or do you go with Colt McCoy? Because if Daniel Jones is healthy, yeah, I'm probably go with, going Jones. Got to go with Jones because, again, this team is in a – they they can get some value from those wins because they've got their quarterback. They get Saquon coming back next year. The defense has really been the good part of this year. Um, so, they, you know, getting into the playoffs would be valuable for them. Uh, they don't need a top-five pick. They're they're gonna be good with whatever like middle of the road first round pick that they get. Um so uh the Giants definitely need to try and win this game and try to get to the playoffs. Yeah. But ultimately I don't think they do. Yep. All right. The the next matchup we got is the Cincinnati Bengals coming off a win tonight on Monday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Bengals, they're three and ten, three, ten and one. Uh, they're going to Houston to take on the four and ten Texans. Uh, Cincinnati, like I said, they were up seventeen to nothing at one point on Pittsburgh. Even without Joe Burrow, uh, they had Ryan Finley start for them, and he he even got a rushing touchdown. Tyler, I think you said he scrambled for like twenty five yards or something and, and was able to sneak in. Yep, he looked fresh. And then looking good. And then the Texans they lost by a touchdown to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I got the Texans winning this game. Um, I know Cincinnati coming off the win on Monday night football, uh, against a a division rival like the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are a much better team than Cincinnati is this year. But, uh, those divisional games, they always get mucked up somehow. Uh, and Cincinnati squeaked out a win, but with Houston having Deshaun Watson under center, that just automatically gives them a better chance to win. So, I got to assume that the competitor in Deshaun Watson uh, comes out and and gets the job done for Houston. So I, I got to go with Houston, but I don't know, man. This game is really a toss-up this year. Yeah, this is interesting because obviously Deshaun Watson is the only reason why 
is a team to pick. I mean, yeah, it's just like, well, yeah, they have no one has anything to play for. In fact, they have things to lose for because you know, right now Houston could be a top five pick. Uh, you know, yeah. they could they could slide into they could slide into as far as maybe a top three pick. So if I was Houston, I'd sit to Sean. You know, I'd be like, <laughs> all right, dude, we're gonna we're moving on to next year. You're gonna you're gonna sit these last two weeks. Um, I just don't think Deshaun would they, accept that. No, I don't think he is either. And ultimately, I think Houston's going to win. Um, <laughs> but both, but both teams, you know, if Houston loses, they're tied to Cincinnati um, for the, that third pick. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got is a divisional matchup uh, for the AFC West. We got the five and nine Denver Broncos coming here to Los Angeles to take on the five and nine Chargers. Denver, they got blown out by Buffalo yesterday. And then the Chargers on Thursday night football last week, they won in overtime in Las Vegas. Rookie quarterback Justin Herbert got the game-winning touchdown on a, on a quarterback sneak. Great, great signature moment, I think, for Justin Herbert to get for his rookie campaign against the rival Raiders because obviously everyone knows the Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, when they were in San Diego and Oakland, that was a very, very bitter rivalry. And uh, obviously it will still continue since they are in the same division. It's just, I feel like it's kind of different now that the, the, the Raiders aren't in Vegas. It doesn't have that same uh, like freeway rivalry feel being able to get from Oakland to San Diego in probably five, six hours. Uh, even though Vegas to LA is a much shorter drive, but I don't know something about that all California rival rivalry about it. Just it does, it feels different, but anyway, great signature moment for, for Justin Herbert uh, in his rookie season. And I think it's going to propel uh, the chargers to their second win in a row uh, this season. And I think they beat the Broncos. I just, I think the Broncos are in a bit of a limbo state. They, they have some good pieces on both sides of the ball, but ultimately we always talk about it, Tyler. The NFL comes down to quarterbacks and head coaches, and they don't have a legitimate quarterback, and I don't think they really have a legitimate head coach. So I got the Chargers winning this game. What about you? Yeah, I got the Chargers. All right. The next matchup we got is the Philadelphia Eagles going to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Eagles, they are 4-9-1. and one. The Cowboys, they are 5-9. and nine. And obviously we already talked about their other two NFC East counterparts, the Giants and the Washington football team. Uh, but the fact that the Eagles and Cowboys are playing, uh, usually there's always fireworks in these games. Um, the Eagles, they're coming off a loss to the Cardinals, 33-26. to And then the Cowboys, they beat San Francisco, 41-33. to And they didn't even have Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think the Cowboys win this game. Uh, against the Eagles, but I don't know, man. Jalen Hurts, he's he's good, but losing to Arizona the way they did, it's just it's not looking good for Philly, man. Uh, no, I mean it's it, it's not Philly is. I think that they're definitely they're the, they're the one team I would consider out in the race um, in the NFC East. Yeah. Um, but I like Jalen Hurts. I, I like that he's he's going to bring a spark, and Dallas has nothing going on for him. Uh, so I got I got Philly getting the dub. 
right. want to see some drama in the NFC East. Yeah. No, I mean, there's no, definitely going to be agree. drama. I, I agree with you. I think Philly's a mess this year, uh, especially because you have a, a mess at the quarterback position. Uh, but Dallas is also a mess. Um, but Dallas is and, a mess and, for and different reasons. They got hurt. Da- Philly, there's dysfunction. Yeah, well, and and injury. I mean, yeah, that's the fair. dysfunction is the dysfunction is purely at the quarterback position. Everything else has been injury related, similar to yeah, to Dallas. That's fair. Uh, but I just like you know the energy a new quarterback brings, like a Jalen Hurts uh, to an organization. He's going to be trying to, you know, I got to assume he's got the most motivation on the field between both teams. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's playing for his job. Yeah, he's playing for a job, and it could be a starting job for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, but isn't Andy Dalton playing for a job as well? Absolutely, absolutely. But Andy Dalton has been there, done that. This is a rookie quarterback. Uh, this is a, a guy that was drafted to be a backup. Andy Dalton was, you know, drafted to be a starter. Playoffs immediately. Um, this is kind of his second fiddle. Yeah. Now I do believe he is playing for a job, but I just don't think I think Jalen Hurts is, has a urgency with his youth and and possibility of the future. You know, he could be the starter for this team. He could take control right now. Uh, as of right now, everybody wants him to win that job over, and they want wins. It's time to be done. Yeah. All right. So I'm on the Cowboys. You're on the Eagles. We'll we'll see how that one shakes out. But most importantly. It's rivalry week, Tyler, and it's it's the second time the Rams and Seahawks have faced are are going to face each other this season, and we already kind of talked about it. It might not be the last, depending on how the the NFC playoff scenario uh, finalizes. But the Rams, they're nine and five. They're going up to Seattle to Lumen Field to take on the ten and four <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. I I knew that was going to get you to I knew that was going to get you to chuckle. <laughs> Just call it Seahawks Stadium, man, for the love of God. <laughs> uh, so the Rams are going to Lumen Field, but they fell victim to the trap game, and they played like they were 0-13, Tyler. I don't know what the hell was going on. Uh, there's, I mean, just a lack of execution in all facets of the game. S- so much blame to be thrown around it's there were questionable coaching decisions questionable plays on the field it it was yeah, I mean, it was a mess you know, we know what the, we know why we know what's the deal i mean i think it's 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 pretty it's jerry goff man it's it's he's a, he's he's not he's not this elite guy that you can count on week in and week out he's the guy that could lose you games the team is not that bad Cam Akers doesn't help. Uh, he's out. Yeah, him he's being hurt. out is uh, is really huge for but, the Rams' but, run game. But also, it could be, you know, what was his name? Who was the who's the guy that came in for Gurley? Malcolm Brown really or well. Daryl Henderson? But was it Malcolm? Malcolm, it Brown? Malcolm Brown that came in the year that he went to the Super Bowl. God, oh, you're talking about C.J. Anderson. Okay, so so what could happen with Akers, you know, giving those other two guys more reps is maybe you get C.J. Anderson. Maybe one of those guys can come out as like a lead guy, you know, maybe Daryl Henderson or uh, who's the third? Malcolm Brown. 
maybe maybe Malcolm Brown or Henderson steps up because they're going to get more carries. So it could be an addition by subtraction because it's not like Cam Akers was like the most important guy in the world. But no, but he was our lot. most important running back. He was he was getting the majority of the touches as of late. Well, and he's your future. I mean, he's the young uh, stud draft pick this year. Um, what you, I think it might have been like a second round draft pick. I believe it was a third. Uh, so I mean, he's a he's a he's a good. He was a prolific college guy at Florida State. So um, I mean, I think he's the future for the Rams run game. But I do want to know. I I'm I think we I think we play the the, the Rams in two more weeks. Yeah, I think I think we I play think... you this week. Yeah, I think we're going to be the three-six matchup. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think that's exactly how it's going to end up going, and it sucks that it's it sucks that it's going to be at Lumen Field again. I I uh, I you know I went through the NFC teams after I picked my six week sixteen winners. I looked at their week seventeen matchups, predicted who I thought would win or lose, and then put put it how it would be lay out, and it's it's Seattle, LA. But I think what you got to be uh, grateful for is um, Seahawks Stadium is not letting anybody in. You know. Yeah, that's so, that's the only the the only the only reason I was saying that it sucks that it's going to be an away game is just the home, like home. being able to yeah. sleep in your own bed kind of thing. Like obviously there's not going to be fans, uh, and that whole aspect no, is completely it, it completely so, changes the atmosphere in Seattle. Well, and, and I just think it's like you know if you're going to play Seattle uh, when they have a home field advantage. COVID COVID nineteen years the year to do it. Yeah, no, for real. But, but speak, uh, speaking of Seattle, yeah, though, I mean, I was kind of I was kind of concerned at how lackluster of a performance it was against the Washington football team, and and like I said, I think you're going to chuck it up to it being an East Coast early morning game. But it, when I said that earlier, you kind of chuckled, and, and it sounded like you weren't. So what what no, was it I, against? I don't because I don't because I think that we're a superior product, you know. Um, well, why did they play down concern. to their competition then? It was, you know, when we would go play, you know, when we played Matt Ryan and Julio, when we played Cam Newton, uh, when we played Tom Brady on the East Coast, a little different than the Jets, uh, the Redskins, or sorry, my my fault. The <laughs> you want me to bleep team, that? The, the D.C. football team. Um, so I just think that that Washington team it had, had a lot more to play for. They came to play. Uh, they played hard. Uh, I think Seattle had a harder time getting up for the game, um, but we. It was we a trap game, right, Tyler? It, it, yeah. Well, it it could have been if we would have lost, but we didn't well, lose. So uh, yeah, um, you know what I'm saying. So it could have been it could have been a trap game if we would have lost, but uh, I think that we're just still we're trending up in the health health department. So it's like getting healthier at this time of year. Uh, getting Rashad Penny back from his injury from last year. Chris Carson's healthy. Greg Olson's coming back. Uh, Josh Gordon's getting activated. You know, Carlos Dunlap was coming in. Jamal Adams is healthy now. You know, everything's just like hitting right now for the Seahawks. Um, it wasn't the was it the sexiest win against DC? No, um, but this is going to be a game that they can't come out flat for at all. Uh, this is the biggest game of the season for both teams. And the good thing for L.A. is, you know, this is still a game for the NFC West. The Rams win this game, their first place in the NFC West. Yeah. So, I mean. So, you know, just because you guys lost last week 
you know, you have the tiebreaker. Um, so if, if, uh, if we lose this game, you know, we lose the NFC West at, for that week or control of it, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, listen, I mean, everyone was making a big deal yesterday about the Rams losing to the Jets and it, it is a big deal, but you are a hundred percent right, Tyler. The The Rams are still in the driver's seat as far as their destiny goes and it. And they got to win games, like win the next two games to, to be able to lock up the NFC West and, and getting the job done this week against Seattle. That's, that's the first step because you already beat Seattle once. If you beat them again, you officially have the tiebreaker. You're in sole possession of first place, but Mm-hmm. The Rams got to play a perfect game on Sunday against Seattle because if not, Seattle is going to blow them out. You know, Jared Goff, if Jared Goff and McVay are tuned in, Jared Goff's making good decisions. You know, Seattle's weakness this year has been uh, past defense, but our pressure is getting better now. So that's really helping out our And it scares defense. me that, that the Rams don't have big wit to protect Jared Goff because it's been very noticeable how – like the offensive line has been Swiss cheese without Andrew Whitworth, basically. So it's no, you, you, you guys are, trend, you're trending in the wrong direction at the wrong time of the year. But like we said, you still have some control of your season. And, and I, I think you're just a lock for a playoff game. Yeah, no, I still think so, we make I the mean, playoffs, but I, I want to win a playoff game. I don't want to just make the playoffs. Hey, in the NFC, man, if, if unless you're the uh, unless you get that magical five seed or the number one seed, it really doesn't matter. I think the one seed gives you the bye, the five seed gets you that game against the NFC East. But to get the rest of those positions is it's a toss up, you know. Yeah. Who you're gonna play? It's, it's gonna be tough no matter what. Yep. Well, I know you're rolling with the Hawks, and I'm rolling with the Rams. So uh, may the best man win. Do we do we got another bet this week for for the game? No, no, you know, I thought about it, but I did. I just couldn't find anything that was <laughs> inspiring, and I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to either, you know, try too much or do too much, or you know. All right. Well, you you saying ten nice things about Duke was good enough for me, anyway. And I think the NFC West, uh, t- uh, first place in the division, and a lock in the playoffs is, is good enough. Yeah, that's bragging rights enough. But all right, the the Sunday night game we got. Tennessee going to Green Bay. The Titans, they're ten and four. The Packers, they're eleven and three. Tennessee, they crushed Detroit. They got a two game win streak going on. Like Tyler said, King Henry. Uh, we talked about we've talked about him being uh an MVP candidate uh on this show. We think that is very well deserved. He is, I think, a one of a kind talent right now in terms of running back in in the NFL. Um the Green Bay Packers, on the other hand, they they had a sluggish performance against Carolina, but they won twenty four to sixteen. They are a superior team, I think, than Tennessee in terms of their defense. And obviously, they have Aaron Rodgers under center, but with Derrick Henry, that X factor that's that's going to be interesting to see how Green Bay Green Bay game plans. Oh, that was a mouthful. It's going to be interesting to see how Green Bay game plans for Derrick Henry, uh, but ultimately I got to go with uh, Aaron Rodgers, Mr. MVP. Um, I got the Packers winning this game. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, this is actually a really bad matchup for the Packers. Like I definitely, you know, I think 
I had Green Bay as my number two team. I had Tennessee as my number ten. So you know, I like the Packers at home. Um, but th- but this is going to be tough. I mean, they don't really have the team to beat uh, Henry. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, so if 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 they can't if the formula to beat the Packers is simple but impossible, you got to keep Rodgers off the field. So the the number the easiest way to keep Rodgers off the field is running the ball. So Tennessee does have a very uh, a good matchup as far as personnel and X's and O's go against Green Bay. But like you, I like Rodgers. All right, and then the Monday night game, last game of the week for Week 16, it's an AFC East matchup. We got the Buffalo Bills at 11 and three. They're going to New England to take on the six and eight Patriots. Buffalo, they blew out the Denver Broncos 49 to 19. They got a four-game win streak. Like Tyler said, Josh Allen is having a career year. He looked incredible on Saturday against Denver. I mean, probably, arguably his best game of his career, was it not, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, he, he gave it to he gave it to us pretty good this year, too. So, <laughs> um, he's, had, he's had a monster. Hey, they monster beat the Rams, season. too, man. And, and and let me tell you, I, I bring it up a lot uh, earlier this season, but now it's actually that time of year. He's a cold weather quarterback, and it's getting cold outside, so um, that that snow is still an advantage up there in the north. Oh, yeah. um, and he's a big and he's a big physical running quarterback. So Buffalo is going to be tough to. They're going to be a tough out no matter who you are. Yeah. I don't care if you're Kansas City or Pittsburgh. Yep. And then New England, they lost by ten to the Miami Dolphins. They are officially eliminated from playoff contention, and boy, does that sound good. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I like the Patriots. Um, it was a tough year for them, but it's ultimately it's not a surprise. I think even you know, even being able to get they'll probably finish with maybe seven wins is still pretty good, considering you know losing Tom Brady losing all those defensive players to COVID. Uh, it was a big transition year for, for New England. Uh, and, it, and it was a down year, but it was a pretty good down year. I think uh, they still won a good amount of games. They just were eliminated. Uh, but ultimately, I think Buffalo wins this game. Yep. I do think Cam's got to be, you know, he's good. Cam's got to be playing for another shot, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Buffalo wins this game. But, yeah, Cam definitely has to go out there and perform because he – he wants to prove that he can still be in the league, and uh, the contract that yeah. he has with New England was exactly that. It was a prove-it deal. Let me see what you got still. And, I mean, I think he can it's, still play it, in the league. It's just the he offense. He definitely the, can. It's, it's, it's why Tom Brady left New England. He didn't have all that great of weapons yeah. around him. No, it's a bad – It was a, it's with that old man going down, it just – and the defense being so torn up, it looks – like a bad fit, you know. He when they were running the ball, winning games, they looked good. They they did look good at some sometimes, but they're very limited on offense. They just can't do very much, and it wasn't a good. It's not a good personnel to really show what Cam can do. I'm really hoping Cam. I think Cam's best uh, situation um, is either Chicago. I think that you know Chicago could take a chance on him, or or what would be really cool to see is. Uh, Cincinnati uh, with a gap year with with uh, Burrow 
just sit Burrow out, you know, mm-hmm. rather than bring Burrow out, rather than bring Burrow back a year, uh, you know, halfway through the year of his season is probably not going to matter. Um, you let Burrow just sit the whole year, uh, and, and you let Cam get another one year, prove a deal. I think ultimately Cam stays in New England. I think Bill kind of liked having the the refresher. Like it, it was a breath of fresh air. I think for Belichick to kind of scheme differently with a with a different a differently skilled player than Tom Brady was. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's he's I back think, in a Patriots think, uniform. Well, and remember, you know, not comparing him to Tim Tebow. But you know, Josh McDaniels had Tim Tebow as well. He went to won a playoff game. Tim Tebow him, was so. in Patriots camp at one point. So, well, what I mean is, Josh Daniels is you know he is creative creative enough to have a running attack and a different style of quarterback. Yep. So you know, New England could definitely be where Cam's at next year. Yep. But uh, ultimately, uh, in the present, I think that they lose this game against Buffalo. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, you got a shout out before we get out of here? Um, I'm gonna shout out the Gonzaga Zags, man. Um, Gonzaga Bulldogs, undefeated, number one team in college basketball, Spokane, Washington. What up? All right, and then I'm gonna shout out uh, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey for being named starters for the NFL Pro Bowl this year. Uh, they aren't playing the actual game uh, this year because of COVID and all of that, but they're doing something in place of it with the players that got named to the Pro Bowl, so uh, it'll be something virtual. Who knows what it'll be. But just, I mean, the honor of being named to the Pro Bowl still stands, even though they're not playing uh, the game. So uh, congrats to Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So, uh, yeah, that's... that's Yeah, to to me, it stands even more so this year because they're not playing. Like, there's no... Because typically there's always so many people, like, not playing because they're in the Super Bowl, not playing because they're injured, not playing because they're a star quarterback. This is truly like the all-star team. You don't need to make any subs. Um, so that is dope. And yeah, I forgot. Shout out my, my Seahawks. I think tied for the most. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, I think it was a four-way tie with like seven guys. There you go. So, uh, yeah, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey were the only Rams named to the Pro Bowl. So had to shout them out. But all right, with that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at The Duke Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Go Lakers. Go Rams. Peace. All right, we lied. We're back. Um, we were just talking off the air once the recording was done as we were saying bye to each other. But uh, Tyler brought it to my attention that the Thursday night game this week, because uh, we're obviously recording on a Monday. We don't normally record on Mondays, uh, but it's Christmas this week, so we, we had to switch our schedule around a little bit. Uh, and so did the NFL. So uh, that Minnesota-New Orleans uh, quote-unquote Thursday night game, it's actually Friday on Christmas Day, which uh, I thought is kind of interesting that the NFL would do that because Christmas is usually reserved for the NBA. Tyler, I do you know exactly why it's on Friday? I don't, but like, kind of like I was telling you, I, I believe it's got to be COVID-related. Uh, you know, just 
huh. extra time, extra extra day rather than the Thursday. Um, you know, and and I don't, you know, I don't think they're a threat to take any NBA viewers. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so hold on, I'm pulling up a an article. There. It wasn't flexed either. I guess this was already the original. This was, I think, this was the original schedule. Yeah, I mean, with the triple Saturday um, lineup too, it just seems like you know that's kind of what they were gearing up towards. No high school football. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to take away viewer. Like, what? What time are the NBA games that day? So. Minnesota, All New day. Orleans. It's, it's Minnesota, New Orleans is at one thirty, and so it's too bad. It's too bad it's not New Orleans, Charlotte. Yeah. So all right, New Orleans and Minnesota uh, for the NFL is at one thirty, and then New Orleans, Miami uh, for the NBA is at nine a.m. Golden State, Milwaukee is at eleven thirty. Brooklyn and Boston is at two. So. We got Brooklyn and Boston and then Minnesota, uh, the Vikings and the Saints going up against the Nets and the Celtics basically at the same time. Yeah, see, I don't think you'll lose a lot of – I think people will be good. Yeah. I don't know. Christmas Day. I know I'm going to be tuned into Brooklyn and Boston. I'm not going to be watching Minnesota and New Orleans. I'm going to be tuned in both for sure. Well, you Keep got you got it. two TVs. You, that's that's different. I I don't have those capabilities, Tyler. We got laptops, baby. Oh, that's fair. Um, I guess I can figure something out. Yeah. All right. Well, now that wraps it up for this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show, so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.